You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Recovering Faith Podcast. Uh, This episode is going to be a little shorter than most episodes because I've been extremely busy lately and I haven't had enough as much time to dedicate to preparing for the episode that I usually do. I've been planning on buying a house for my own for a long time and lately I've been planning on buying a house by the end of the year or first of next year. Well, last week I wanted to make sure that I was on the right track for buying a house next spring and decided to talk to my bank to figure out what I needed to do in order to get approved. Uh, So I went into the home loan center at my bank and wanted to make sure I had all my ducks in a row, so to speak. And to my surprise, they approved me for a loan and they told me there was no reason to wait until next year to buy a house. Well, since I was approved for a loan, I decided to start looking for a house, but I figured that it would take a long time to find a house that I liked that was within my budget. And everyone I knew, uh, everyone I know who's uh, bought a house recently, they had trouble finding one they liked or had a hard time finding one in their budget. But part of that, I guess, is that they were worried about school zones and whatnot, and I don't care what school districts it is because I don't have kids. But anyhow... Um, so I just thought it would take a long time to buy to find a house, but it um, didn't really take me long. I found a house uh, last weekend. So um, Saturday, I put a offer on a house, and uh, then I went fishing with a friend. And while I was fishing, the realtor called me and told me that uh, that the seller had accepted the offer. So that was kind of surprising. I didn't expect it to go that quick. Uh, everybody kept telling me that it usually takes 40 to 55 days to close on a house. So I thought I had a lot of time. And I was prepared to for the deal to fall through because almost everyone I know who owns a house had two or three deals fall through before they finally got a house. And one of my friends even had a house built and after it was built, the contractor refused to sell the house unless uh, she paid a much higher price than agreed upon. So she wound up going through three houses before she finally bought a house. So basically, I was hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. Well, on Monday at lunchtime, I signed the papers for the house. And uh, on Tuesday, I put the earnest money down. And... The house is scheduled to close May 31st, which is much, much earlier than I thought possible. With all of that, I had to hustle to get things done by a specific date in order to be compliant with the contract. I had to schedule inspections and schedule uh, uh, to have a contractor come to give an estimate to put a new roof on it, uh, which was part of the deal with the buying it that the seller was going to pay for the roof. 
I had to uh, uh, had to do all these kinds of things with that, and so I was I've been really busy. And uh, every time I sat down to work on the podcast, something else would come up. So this episode isn't going to be as well thought out or as, or I don't want to say well thought out. It's not going to be as scripted as they usually are. And I'm going to do a lot more uh, shooting from the hip, so to say. So um, I had also planned on driving to Idaho this summer and visiting my older sister. And while I was in the area, I was going to be a guest on the show Ex-Mormon Files. But buying a house kind of really changes my plans. And now I don't think I can afford the trip because I'm spending all of my savings for the down payment and closing costs on the house. I haven't told my sister yet that I can't come to see her, but um, I'll call her tomorrow. Anyhow, I'm not afraid that she'll hear it here before I get a chance to call her because she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, so otherwise I'd be worried, but I'll just make sure I call her and apologize and tell her that I can't come and hopefully she understands. So anyhow, that's what's going on in my life right now, and uh, things are kind of busy, and and uh, I know I should have, you know, I have faith and trust God that everything's going to work out possible, uh, work out the way it's supposed to. But uh, because all of my friends had horror stories, and because nothing in my life has ever gone this smoothly before, um, I have a hard time not worrying that things will go wrong. But as I say. Um, God has never really, God's never let me down and I should just trust God. I know it's in his hands and, and also everything is right now is, is going, uh, swimmingly. So there's absolutely no real, um, warranted reason for me to worry. So anyhow, uh, when I was sitting in church on Easter Sunday, I was listening to the message about the risen Christ. And I reflected on my life and how richly the Lord has blessed me. And I wrote in my journal, I'm simply amazed at all God has done for me. I was living in open rebellion against God and mocked him every chance I got. And I tried my best to prove to everyone I met that he doesn't exist. And in his infinite mercy, God forgave me for my lack of faith and for my blasphemy. And if that is all he ever did for me, it would be enough. More than enough, actually. Far more than I deserve. But he didn't stop there. God has richly blessed me in all aspects of my life and has basically given me every major thing that I've prayed for. And even now, God is working all things for my good. And that was the end of my journal entry there. So what I was referring to in my journal entry on Sunday was to the time in my life when I lost faith in God and became not only an atheist, but an anti-theist as well. As I've discussed in several of my podcasts and blog episodes, at first I thought God hated me and that I thought that the terrible things that happened in my life was proof positive that it was so. And then I became angry with God for hating me and finally I decided it was easier to believe that there was no God than that there was a God who was supposed to be all-powerful and all-loving, but didn't love me. Once I stopped believing in God, I directed my anger toward all things religious because I felt that religion had ruined my life and was ruining the world, 
and I set out to disprove the existence of God and to show that all religious people were deluded in believing in fairy tales. Of course, the one thing I never considered when I was an atheist is that fairy tales and fables, uh, or in fairy tales and fables, I mean, the, the king never sacrifices himself for his subjects, and the hero never willingly gives up his life so that the villain can live, especially while the villain is in open rebellion against him. I firmly believe that not only is God real, but that he loves each and every individual in the world enough to send a son to die a horrific and painful death on the cross so that we can be forgiven of our sins. Like Lee Strobel before me, my efforts to prove that there was no God and that the story of Jesus was just a fairy tale proved to me precisely the opposite. I don't look at the story of Jesus and his death and resurrection merely as a good story or a lesson to be learned, but as an actual historic event that is every bit as real as any other historical event that the world knows to have happened, such as the founding of America or the French Revolution or, you know, name, you name it. And I think it's extremely important to accept the death and resurrection of Christ as a literal event because without it, there is no salvation. If the story of Jesus didn't actually happen, then there is no logical reason to expect to go to heaven, as none of us can ever earn forgiveness or a place in heaven. No matter how long we live, and regardless of how much good we may accomplish, we can never earn it. Without Jesus, there is no hope. But Jesus is real, and he lives and has offered salvation to any who will accept him. In light of my wanton rebellion against God, I often think of the Bible verse in Timothy 1.13 where Paul said, Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in, in, in ignorance and unbelief. I was definitely acting in ignorance and unbelief, and I was definitely a persecutor and a blasphemer. But like Saul, uh, better known as Paul the Apostle, I was shown mercy and grace, and for that I will be forever grateful. I know I was not forgiven because I earned it in any way, but because of my faith in Jesus, uh, and because it pleased him to forgive me and to offer me a place in his kingdom. I strive to be a good person with varying levels of success, not because I think I can earn forgiveness or grace by my works, but to show gratitude for the grace and forgiveness that I've already been granted, and because the grace of God has changed me to be a better person. I pray that I will continue in God's grace and that I will continue to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ that I serve. Even without the reviling, the persecution, and the blasphemy, even at my best, I have amassed a massive sin debt that I could never pay off and could never deserve to be forgiven for. But I was forgiven because God is good, not because I am. I was not forgiven because I'm good, but because I'm not. Grace, forgiveness, and salvation are far more than I deserve. And like all people, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and deserved the depths of hell. And if all God ever did was to forgive me, it would be, and is, the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. 
But as I mentioned, God didn't stop there. If you hear that noise in the background, yeah, it started to rain just a minute ago, and so it's raining pretty hard, and you can hear it getting against the roof. So, uh, anyhow, uh, when I look at my life, I realize that I'm in a far better place financially, spiritually, emotionally, and in every other way than I've ever been at any point in my life. And my faith in God didn't increase because my life got better. My life got better because my faith in God increased. God has blessed me time and time again throughout my life. But when I was younger, I was too dumb and too self-centered to see it. I think God is a lot more willing and eager to bless us than we are to be blessed. But we don't have the faith that He will do so. Uh, we don't accept that what God is offering because we don't think we deserve it, or we fail to give God the credit for what He has done for us. Not giving God enough credit is something I think that even the best of us are all too guilty of. There was a man one time who was working on the roof of his house, and he slipped and fell. And knowing he was about to fall to certain injury and possible death, he cried out for God to help. Before the man reached the end of the roof, his pants caught on a nail, and he was saved from falling. So he said to God, Never mind, I got it. A lot of the times we're like that man on the roof, and when we are given what we pray for, we give ourselves the credit instead of thanking God for answering our prayers. God not only forgave me for my sins, but he also helped me out of situations that I foolishly put myself into and blessed me beyond measure. And I'm grateful for that, and I thank him daily for it. And in case you're wondering, no, I'm not rich or anywhere close to it, and I probably will be, I mean never will be, but one doesn't have to be rich to be blessed. Anyone who knows me or anyone who's listened to this podcast or read this blog for any length of time knows that when I was younger, I, uh, I rushed into marriage after dating for only a few months. And that turned out to be a disastrous and unhappy marriage. Shortly after we got married, my wife gave me an ultimatum to either adopt her son from her previous relationship or she would leave me. Of course, I made the wrong decision and decided to adopt her son, even though there were multitudes of red flags in our marriage. And after a messy divorce, I had to pay child support for years until she remarried and her new husband adopted the boy, probably after being the same, given the same ultimatum that I was given. I also had to pay my divorce attorney $500 an hour, which added up quickly, especially since my ex fought everything she could think of to fight and dragged the divorce on for several years. I could have purchased a house cheaper than what the divorce costed me. I also had to sell everything I owned except for my clothes and my computer, and I took on all of our debt, mine, hers, and ours. Honestly, I don't know what I was paying $500 an hour for, and I seriously think that the results wouldn't have been much different if I'd represented myself. I, it wasn't too long after the divorce that God showed me the errors of my ways, and I turned my life over to God. And from the day I gave my heart to God, I prayed for deliverance from the consequences of my mistakes. God did answer my prayers, but he let me suffer long enough to learn a lesson. A quick disclaimer here, I loved the boy and treated him like he was my own son, 
but after the divorce, I almost never got to see him because uh, his mother wouldn't let me see him, even though the court ordered her to do so. And uh, so she wouldn't provide visitations. And when I did occasionally see him, he treated me like I was, I was a stranger because, well, he never saw me. So I was practically a stranger. And children forget things quickly. So I learned the hard way that the state of Nebraska doesn't enforce visitation, just child support. I ultimately came to terms with the fact that it was in everyone's best interest to have me out of the picture completely so that everyone could move on with their lives. And I prayed for that to happen. I thank God that the boy was adopted by his new stepfather and it got me out of paying child support. And I hope and pray that uh, his stepfather is a good father. I also thank God for getting me out of the crushing debt and for getting me out of the financial obligations to the attorney that I felt I was paying for nothing, and he got me out of it relatively cheaply, all things considered. After paying the attorney for quite a few years, I called him and offered him a lowball offer to settle the account, which was all I had in the world at the time, and he accepted it and wrote off the rest. I could have just decided that the attorney was tired of waiting and to finally get paid and wanted me out of his hair and off his books, but I know that God intervened on my behalf. It doesn't make financial sense to accept $2,500 for a debt that would almost buy a house. And despite the poor job he did for me, I know the attorney was financially motivated in most of his decisions because he still owed a vast amount of debt for his law school education. Once I was no longer paying child support on my uh, ex-wife's child and no longer paying monthly payments to my divorce attorney, I was able to uh, get out of other debt and I was able to get in a position where I can buy a house. Every time I, anything that the Lord has blessed me with crosses my mind, I make it a point to immediately thank Him for it. Uh, though. I'm well aware that I'm not as grateful as I should be despite my best efforts. But there will be many times I'm driving along in my car on my way to work or on the way to store and it'll, something will cross my mind and so I will say, thank you Lord. And I'll make sure that I always thank Him. It's really important that we don't just have gratitude to God for, you know, we don't just pray for God and think He's a vending machine. and what we should have gratitude for when we do get what we pray for. And at this point, even if um, I put a whole bunch of money down on the house and then somehow things fell through and I lost all my money, uh, I still would be grateful to God and I wouldn't uh, think that God was slighting me in any way because God has blessed me beyond measure and as I said before, even if the only thing he ever did for me was to forgive me for my sins and offer me a place in heaven, that would be, well, that's actually worth far more than anything else he could give me in this life because everything in this life passes. But what he's offering is eternity. And as I say, even if that's all he gave me, which is a lot, that would be, that's far more than I deserve. But still, even though he died on the cross so that I can be forgiven of my sins and so that he can offer me heaven, uh, God also gives me all kinds of other blessings in this life 
uh, things that I also don't deserve. And I'm grateful to God for that. And I think, like I said, I think we should all be grateful to God for the for the blessings that he does give us, and we should acknowledge him when he answers a prayer. So that's about, that's about all I have for this episode. Uh, next episode, I'm going to... Uh, I'm kind of not quite sure what I'm going to talk about next episode. I have a couple of things that I really want to talk about, and I'm not sure which one will be next. So um, I might be as surprised as you are, but I've got two things preparing. One of them is a story about how we are uh, Barabbas, and the other one is about our sin and how our sin doesn't want to stay small, but how uh, little seeds grow into big things. And if we don't get rid of it when it's small, it will... uh, it can be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get rid of. And actually, that's probably what I will wind up doing, is talking about talking about uh, how sin doesn't want to stay small and how when we make small concessions and uh, compromise on our standards for something small, it leads to something bigger. So, uh, but thanks for listening. And um, if you haven't already, check out my... Uh, Check out my website, genegirl.com. Check out, uh, check me out on Facebook and Twitter. And I also have a YouTube page, and I'm trying to catch up all my podcast episodes on there, but I also have other content. So anyhow, check that out, and I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate and review this podcast. And if you have any questions or concerns or you'd like to reach out and contact me, uh, go to genegirl.com and... Uh, There's a contact link there where you can send me an email. So uh, thanks for listening and God bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.